You're listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are always looking for guests, and if you're interested, you can always email email me at nevergiveup777 at gmail.com. That's nevergiveup777 at gmail.com. We'd love to have you come on the show. If you're not able to come on the show, we would love to have you uh, write in some topics, some thoughts, some things that you'd like to hear discussed on Never Give Up. And um, I just wanted to make such a bold and blanket statement that we should never give up. It shouldn't even be an option. But when those times come, when trialing—I'm sorry, when— um, you know, those trials and tribulations come your way. Uh, you want to be able to uh, use the tools that are necessary and biblical in order to stand and to make a stand because uh, we know that it is not easy. Uh, we are living in a time where there are, uh, I mean, you just have to choose, you know, holiness or hell, you know, what's right and what's not, you know, and um, and just walk from, you know, uh, a good place, a good heart. You know, here's the thing is that we're not really righteous, right? They, But we're righteous because of Christ Jesus. And so we are challenged because we want Christ to come into our heart and to make us stronger and to make us better, to make us more aware, to help us to be able to discern and to be able to make a difference. It would be almost <clears throat> ludicrous to be able to be here on the earth and not contribute and not know what your contribution is, right, according to the will of God, that he um, He said he, he knew you and he formed you while in your mother's womb. And part of that forming is um, putting a plan in place. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And so God has a plan for your life, a purpose for why you um, um, descended here and on the earth and uh and we want to get to it. We want to walk in it. And I know sometimes <clears throat> I, I'm talking to all those who are over 60. I just want you to know that some of the greatest men and women of God were in their 60s, their late 60s, before they really saw the plan and purpose of God unfolding. So no matter what your age is, you want to hold on. Don't give up. Right. Keep speaking, keep prophesying. And it's very important that we continue to speak life and speak possibility and speak what it is that we want to see. I mean, affirmations are good. You know, I hear some people say mantras, you know, um, I'm going to just say affirmations, words of God, the promises of God, for they are yes and amen. Right. And so we want to speak those promises over our lives, promises around prosperity, promises around healthy relationships and marriages. And, and we see more and more where the enemy is coming in and attacking families and attacking things that, um, were once 
fairly solid, but the enemy's coming in because that's his plan, right? That's his purpose, to come and to kill, steal, and destroy. He loves it. He wants to topple you over, undermine you, sabotage you. He wants you to feel that you're not good enough, you're not worth it. He wants to squash your self-esteem in Christ, your Christ-esteem. He doesn't want you to know who you are, and he doesn't want to know that, wants you to know that greatness is on the inside of you, right? He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know that Jesus already died on the cross for your sins. He's already made a way, a provision for you to be able to make it, that you would be able to have eternal life, that God was able to send his son so that you could have relationship once again. That disconnection is now connected uh, because of Christ, and we can go boldly to his throne. Sometimes the enemy begins to um, dismantle or uproot us from what the very facts that God has said. And when we don't hold to the word of God, you know, he told us, you know, how we should live. You know, I, I'm thinking, um, I, I'm going to go here uh, to Psalms. He, he, he told us, he said, you know, Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And verse verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. And before I go to verse 3, he said, well, he told us, look, he told us how to walk. He told us where we should stand. He told us where we should not sit. Right. And so mainly if you look at those those styles of people, there are all people who were not wanting to promote the things of God. Right. They were not they're 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 ungodly, right? They're they're sinners and and not sinners that have repented and now are trying to walk right. Like they're just outright sinning, right? Um, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful, you know, and you you have to be careful about those who have been scorned, those that have been bitter, those that are walking in envy and jealousy, right? Uh, Because those mindsets, that evilness, that anger, that hurtfulness will begin to penetrate over you. You know, negative people can only help to make you negative. Like, never can a negative person make you positive. It's just impossible. And so if they're spewing out negativity and hopelessness, eventually it's going to affect you, right? So he said, look, don't even walk with them. Don't even stand with them. Don't hang out. Don't hang out with those people who are not speaking the things uh, of God, that are not speaking possibilities. I can't be around people who only see impossibilities, right? They don't see nothing good. They don't see that, you know, they don't have a good answer. They don't want to help anybody. They're isolated. They're very just messed up sometimes. And it's like, look, I'm not, I, I can't, you know, unless we're trying to have a dialogue around getting you saved, it's like you just can't hang out, right? You, you, but what did he say? He said, but you, listen, you, if you want to be blessed, you're going to have to delight yourself in, in the things of God, in the law of the Lord. And you, what? You just can't, you just can't read it, but you got to begin to meditate it. You got to begin to really just get it down in your spirit. 
Because that's what David said. He said, this word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you. And so what helps us to not sin against God is the word of God, right? Because the word of God will come and interrupt. The word will come and offend our sin. The word will come to begin to cause us to begin to have to make a quick decision on are we going to walk with God or are we going to walk according to the flesh, according to this world, according to mankind and not God. And we make that choice and decision every day. And what happens is, you know, after a while, it continues to pile up on us and we... And then, and then after it piles up on us, right, then, then we begin to take, we begin to look like the thing we've been talking about. We begin to look and speak and act like the people we've been hanging around. And so part of my success is that I've hung around good people. I've hung around positive people. And even if they had some slight negativity, you could catch it and be like, oh man, you know, yeah, you can do it. Like you might want to take a break or a pause. You might need to go sit by the water. Yeah, like you want to just retool them. But it's our responsibility as Christians to hold each other accountable, right? You, you, you don't want people to let just let, you know, if you have a dream, you don't want to hang around people who just got to let your dream die. No, you want to keep fueling um, the dreams of others as well as your own. You want to keep putting logs in like, no, you could do it. No, maybe try this or do this, but you definitely don't want to let it go. You definitely don't want them to, to let that ember not burn any longer. But we want to fuel the fire of those that we come across. Amen. My whole goal is life is that you would be the best that you could be. I want my children and my, and those that I know to be the best that they can be. Hallelujah. And if where you're at is your best or you know that you can do better, right? And sometimes opposition comes to make us really examine our life to begin to see, wow, are there some shifts? Are there some changes? Are, some, are there some things that I need to, I can do? Are there some things that I need to say no to? Amen. But he said, listen, but when you, the blessed people don't hang around just anybody, okay? And they are meditating and thinking about God's word, not just once, but day and night. That means they're keeping a meditative lifestyle, always having the word of God before them. Because the one thing I have realized is that when I have the word of God, I have the presence of God. Because John 1 and 1, he did say that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so we have to come to the knowledge and understanding, amen, that when I'm reading his word, I'm in the midst. He's there. His presence is there. And then there's another hint in John where he says, I'm in the Father. The Father's in me, and I'm in you. That lets me know, man, he's right there. He's close. He's not just hanging around. He didn't go wander off. He's there with me. That means when I'm going through something, he's going through something because he's in me. Hallelujah. That means when I'm down, amen, hallelujah, he's there with me. Amen. And if I would just listen to that quiet, voice. His job is to get me up and to get me going. That's why the Lord said that he sent us another comforter, a paraclete, amen, who would walk with us. Hallelujah. And so we have to get excited. And so blessed people begin to take on this form. He said that you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does, it shall prosper, right? This is the blessed people. 
So first of all, watch who you're hanging around, right? And then watch where your mind and what you're thinking about. Amen. And then the results ought to be whatever you do, whatever you touch, it's going to prosper. Amen. I know we say sometimes whatever you touch will prosper. and We want to go around touching things. But in the King James Version, it says do. Amen. Whatsoever he doeth, it will prosper. What are you doing? Huh? I know that's not a word. But what are you doing? What are you doing? Blessed people, when they do things, begin to prosper. And blessed people are not hanging around negative things and negative thoughts and negative people. Sinful people. Amen. If you're not witnessing, then you might need to change the, the people who are influencing you. Who are the influences of your life? Who are the people that speak uh, life and hope in you? Those are the, uh, th- that makes us have to examine, like, who are they? And are they good influences? And where are they getting their messaging from, right? I had a whole conversation with somebody on yesterday, and they were talking about the, uh, the Grammy Awards and the BET Awards and, you know, how it's very sad how some of the Christian artists and the worldly artists kind of look the same. They want to dance, dress the same, do some of the same gestures and some of the same things. But I saw that in my Bible, he says that we were a holy nation, right? That we were set apart, amen, that we were his and that they would know us by our fruit. They would know us. He said, you can't say that you, you can't say that you love God and yet serve Satan. You just can't do both. He said, he even said with money, he said, you know, you can't serve two masters because you're going to love one and hate the other. So as Jeremiah said, choose this day whom you will serve. I want to just pause right there, give you a moment to think. Who do you say? Who do you serve? Who is it that you are allowing to influence your thoughts and your actions? Yeah. Because if you can answer that really honestly, maybe that's not the best person who should be speaking into your being. We want people who are able to speak life. Hallelujah. He said that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I can get caught up in the fact that he said that Satan cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I tell him that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I don't know about you, but I want to have life more abundantly. I want to be able to um, be sensitive to the situations and the people around me. I don't just want to live for me and for my family and for mine, but I also want to look for mankind. I also want to build a community, a community that is supportive, a community that is loving and kind. A community is that when you bump your knee or you fall off your bike, amen, that you can come and be restored. I I, I want to be a part of that type of community, you know? And I know some things can happen in our lives as we're growing up. We could have been mistreated. We could have been abused, sexually abused. We could have been uh, physically abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused. I get it. I get it. And probably I have a, have a testimony in every one of those categories. But the thing is, hallelujah, we've got to make a choice. That's the bottom line. And we have to make a choice to walk as blessed men and women, right? Aware of our surroundings and who we, who we are around. Aware of where, who we're sitting with and standing with. 
I don't want to jive talk. You know, he said that we're going to have to give an idle word for, you know, every, give an account for every idle word spoken. And I'm like, wow, you know, I was just thinking, I was talking um, to my family member about a situation that was going on and everyone was aware. But I, I realized that maybe I could have been more life, I could have spoken more life into the situation instead of speaking exactly how the situation was. And so it was pretty hopeless, the situation that I'm talking about. But I, I, I didn't have to join in on the hopelessness. But sometimes you appear very odd when you begin to want to speak life into what seems dead. Now, that's funny. Rochelle, how do we speak life, right, into things that are dead? Well, I mean, once again, I'm reminded of the story when he said, you know, uh, will these dry bones live? And... The man of God said, only thou knowest. And so he said, prophesy unto those bones that they may live again. And so sometimes, because there is power of life and death in the tongue, that we simply have to choose our life words and begin to speak life into that situation. And all you can do when you become aware that you didn't and that the enemy used you in your vocabulary, is repent. I'm going to repent right now. Lord, forgive me where I have allowed the enemy to use my mouth, right, to continue the progression in the direction of which he wanted. And I not stop it by saying all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to your pur purpose. And maybe I could have said, you know, Lord, <laughs> What the enemy has meant for their destruction, you promised that you would turn it around for our good. And so, <laughs> speak life. As soon as you know that you're moving in the opposite direction of life, amen, joy, peace, when you have more aggravation and frustration and hatred than you do love, I mean, we get to just stop and repent. I, you know, utilize what Christ did for us on the cross and that we can repent because we're not perfect. But we don't have to continue in accepting our imperfection, but simply receive what Christ did for us on the cross. Receive his righteousness. He said our righteousness was but a filthy rag, but receive his righteousness. Allow the word of God to encourage you and to lift you up. Allow the light of God to come in that you would walk as the light of the world and the salt of the earth and that you would have seasoning for those that you encounter, that you would have a word of encouragement, that you would have a word of possibility and not impossibility, a word of hope, of faith. Oh, sometimes I understand that we hear so much, we see so much, we become so desensitized to the possibility that God is the same God yesterday and forever. And sometimes we get lost at the fact that, you know, what he was able to do then, he's able to do now. He's no respect of person. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. And by his stripes, we are healed. Woo, we are healed. 
I choose to receive your healing, Lord. I choose to receive all that you have come to do. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great place to be when you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. That's a great place to be when you're walking uh, by faith and not by sight. I want to read this into your hearing. We're going to kind of look at James 1, verse 12, and uh, down to 15. But I, I, I read it yesterday, and I, it just excited me. Because once again, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Hallelujah. So it's like you, you're not going to get the crown of life if you've not been tried, right? Not been proven and tested that you are able to endure situations. And sometimes just knowing that he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I, I probably use this scripture quite a bit on this show. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God said he would deliver us from them all. Now, the funny thing about that is that that's like period. He'll deliver us from them all. But then we begin to analyze. He didn't say when. He didn't say how. He didn't say how long we would go through. And, and maybe if the test was five minutes, we'd be like, yeah, that's a good scripture. But when the test becomes five years, we forget that he said, this affliction you will be delivered from. Hallelujah. And then we have to stand on it. But temptation is necessary in order to receive one day the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now, I tell you, like, Lord, help our love line up with your word. Help our love line up. Because he said, many will say, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this? And he's going to say, depart from me. He that works iniquity, I never knew you. We don't want God to say, I didn't know you. We don't want to spend an eternity in hell. We want to be able to have uh, a relationship with God so intimate that we know him well so that when he promises something, that we, no matter what we're going through, we stand on the promise and on the hope that he is preparing a place for us. And this place is not our home as much as we try to acclimate like the world as much as we want the Emmys and the Grammys to show that we have arrived, we want the success and the finances, but this is a temporary place. This is not our home. Hallelujah. In verse 13, it says, Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. No, 
But I thank God that he's able to use it, right? What the enemy is meant for our destruction due through temptation, he's going to turn it around for our good, that we will come out victorious and that we one day will receive the crown of life. But it's very interesting that the Bible goes on to say in verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Wow. That's something that you wanted to do. Your own lust. And you become so enticed and weakened by it that when lust has conceived itself, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Wow, you're, you're listening to Never Give Up right? Giving up is not an option. We don't want to sin to where it brings us death. When we recognize that what we are doing is contrary to the word, repent and turn away. Hallelujah. Repent and turn away. This is what God is saying, he's saying, listen, all that darkness, all that lust, all that sin, it's not of me. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above, and it cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Woo, we got some work to do. We got to transform our insides, our past, the pain, the hurt. Hallelujah. And give it to him and cast our cares on him for he cares for us. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. I wouldn't even have the mindset to have the conversation if it wasn't for God. And I know this has been a hectic week for some, even for myself. But if we take nothing away, we must take away the fact that God is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. He said, lo, I am with you even unto the ends of the world. I want you to receive all that God has for you. I want you to receive the love that God has for you. I want you to sit and just begin to receive it. Begin to say, Lord, I repent of all of my sins, of all the things that I've done that are contrary to you, that has separated me from you. Forgive me. Be Lord of my life. I let you in. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I turn away from this moment on that I will walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. And if you've been, you've been listening to WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station, we thank you for listening.
God bless.